up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I got a chance to sit down and chat with Clark Gargan. He is the bass player for the hardcore band Second Death. Um, super rad conversation. Before I get into the details of the episode, just want to remind you guys, Patreon page is up and running. Great way to support the show. All sorts of different levels there uh, and rewards and whatnot. If you don't want to do that, uh, you just want to listen, that's cool too. But if you could like, share, subscribe, rate, um, you know, comment, all that stuff, that helps the show grow a lot and I really would appreciate it. As far as this episode is concerned, we get into a bunch of different stuff. We get into the creative process. We get into touring. We get into what the hardcore scene means and all that stuff. It's really uh, an awesome episode and one that's close to my heart because it's uh, it's about the scene that I came up in as a kid. And um, it was a really cool episode. It was great to chat with this guy and, and, and have a, an honest conversation about what hardcore means and what it means to be a part of that scene. So uh, don't want to give away too much. This is episode 134 of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. Enjoy it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Clark Gargan. Uh, he plays bass for the uh, hardcore-influenced heavy band. I don't know what kind of specific genre. I guess it's kind of a mix of a few things. Uh, heavy band called Second Death. Um, we've been, as he says, flirting on the internet for quite some time. Um, and I'm stoked to get him on the show, talk to a musician and talk about hardcore and metal and all that good stuff. So Clark, how you doing today, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on the cat on the podcast, man. Um, I've had the chance to, like I said, you know, before check, you know, check you out. I've been following you. Um, it was like ever since like, uh, it was like a couple of years ago, man, you like hit some sort of PR and you had like our song playing. And I was like, dude, this is sick. Like, can you send me the video so I could repost it? And then, like, after I sent that, I just kept, like, yeah, I followed. And, like, every time I was, like, I would keep, you know, I would keep paying attention to, like, everything. And then I saw, like, your growth, you know, and, like, to the, you know, like, your own, you have your own freaking gym and, like, all the stuff that you're doing. And I was like, all right, this is, like, really, really sick. I love the, you know, I, I loved the mindset and everything behind it. And so that's why, like, every time I see something, I always try to comment or, like, kind of put my two cents in. And then finally, you're like, hey, dude, do you want to jump on the podcast? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, I um I remember the video. I was actually talking to my wife about it. Um we were getting ready for Worlds uh in 2019, I believe or 2018. And uh yeah, I was fucking dirt nap and um I was stoked on that side. So it had come up like I think it came up on Explore or uh, maybe I found you guys through like the Dishonored guys or so. I, I forget what it was. Dude, those those was, are my boys, man. Like, really, Yeah, they're sick. Yeah, <laughs> they're cool as fuck. And uh, yeah, I think that was it. And then I – or maybe they posted – I think they posted a video of you guys playing with like uh, – people are like throwing chairs and shit. And I was like, yeah. I fuck with this. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and so I like – I checked it out and then I was uh, – I was on that song for a fucking minute. So it's kind of cool how things work out. Like the, you know, the powerlifting scene isn't necessarily like powerlifting scene. Generally, a lot of times it's like, Oh, you like heavy music? You're like, yeah, I like heavy music. Like, Oh, who are you into? And they'll say like disturbed. And you're like, fuck, okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what I was talking about. And so 
it's always cool to find people uh, who can like appreciate both things that like know the difference between like, you know, thrash and hardcore and, and all that stuff. And um, so it's, it's, it's really neat to like kind of connect the dots. Um, so yeah, man, like let's get into some of the, like the easy stuff. Like, you know, how old are you? And like, when did you start playing music? So uh, I actually turned 33 tomorrow. Um, okay. Started playing music when I was a, when I was a teenager um really didn't start like playing in like an actual like yeah but I'd, I'd, I'd do like a few shows here and there but didn't actually do like actual band stuff until like i was probably like 17 or 18 and then um from there you know just like the past like 15 years i've been in like multiple different bands and definitely followed like i wouldn't say trends but it's like uh i've been you know at this point it's like i'm almost like two and a half generations into the heavy music scene you know what i mean like i've been able to see <laughs> yeah. like you know, I grew up around like VFW shows, you know what I mean? And like fire, right. you know, VFW, fire hall, bingo hall shows. I'm like, that's, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, there's very few and far between, but it's like back in the day, especially like in the Northeast before I moved down South, like that's all you could get was like Leg- American legions, VFWs, bingo halls. But like, those were literally the best shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So where are you, uh, located out of now? Cause are you guys are upstate New York? I always fuck it up where you guys are. Yeah, from. We're, we're, from we're from South Georgia, which is, which is really funny because like I say that, right. We're like, we're from Valdosta, Georgia, which is like 22 miles North of the Florida border. But the thing is, is that's only where two of us live now. Um, our drummer lives back in Jacksonville and then our guitarist lives in Philly where he's originally from, but it's like, we're from Georgia. However, at the same time, like we play so much in the Northeast that like, we always kind of consider that our second home due to the fact that honest to God, we've just fell in love with the scene and we honestly connect more. And like, truthfully, like Georgia, you got it. And like, we're so far from Atlanta. Like we don't have, like we have a hometown, but like the only three bands in our hometown are all like touring bands that don't play our hometown often. You know what I mean? So it's like, sure. And you know, for us, we didn't, we, we were, we're like four hours from Atlanta. So we don't like, we're not like the Atlanta locals. So it's like every time we've had, like from the beginning, we never had like a, you know, like every band will be like, oh man, I'll, we'll, you know, get bigger and open up for all these bands and then finally go on tour. We just literally always had to drive out. We always had to play like, you know, shows that were completely far away from us. Like we never had like that local part of it. You know what I mean? Sure. But, sure. And so did you, you kind of found that in New York, in upstate and those shows up there are fucking wild. And there's something about, um, and no disrespect. So everyone can keep their fucking DMS to themselves, but there's something different about like hardcore and metal in the Northeast. Like it's just a different breed. Like yeah. I've been, I've been to shows all over the place. Like, you know, but there's something about like, East Coast hardcore and like Northeast, like New York, Boston, like that sort of stuff that um, it just has a different vibe as far as like the tension in the room, the dancing, the like how violent the shows can get. Um, but what's funny, and, like, it's all it's all love, though, too, which is like the the crazy yeah. thing about it. Like um, so like yes. Buffalo is like a place that we like where the Dishonored guys are from. Like we fell in love with them. We fell in love with that scene like we specifically made it on a, a point on our last tour like hey we have to play buffalo and they're like oh well you could do this date i'm like i don't care we're gonna play buffalo like that's that's a non-negotiable because <laughs> yeah. like yeah um they just it's 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 i don't know it's weird like you said you know it's the the room is different the vibe's different but like at the end of the day it's all love like there's never been any real problems at any show like doesn't no matter how violent it is we've had like stuff broken people get hurt but it's never been like a issue 
ever you know what i mean like it's it's the end of the yeah. day people like come they they get that out and then they go home and they're happy you know like we that's that's my main thing is you know i mean this is a place just like when i was a kid where i needed to get a lot of shit out you know and if i didn't get a lot of shit out then who knows what i'd become you know what i mean sure yeah and i think that there's like it's sort of the hardcore scene so funny because it's like kind of it can be very hypocritical at, at times um when you're like well i'm not like trying to hit anybody when I'm dancing and it's like, well, yeah, we are for sure. And you know, it's like when I'm crowd killing, it's like, I am trying to hit people. That is the point of what, you know, but like at the same time, it's not from the outside looking in, someone sees a video of like one of your shows or, you know, any sort of like breakdown, like beatdown band, like they're going to think everybody there is angry at everyone else there. And it's funny. Cause it's like, they're not like we're not mad at each other. It's more like there's external shit that we might be pissed off about or need a release from. And this is the last place you're allowed to fucking let that out. It was like, you know, I had um, uh, Matt Honeycutt on the show, like, you know, a couple of years ago, whatever. And he, he said, it's like, you know, at Kublai Khan shows, it's like, you know, those type of shows, like the last place where you're allowed to be like masculine, big angry tough dudes and it's like acceptable and so like to me i've always wanted to like hold on to that you know it's like you can't there's nothing really like it it's very hard to explain to people who haven't been to a hardcore show that's like that's actually really funny because um like in in my in my work like my business partner like he's been to like a bunch of like edm shows and like a bunch of like you know like like festival like not like heavy festivals but it's like you know like festival festival shows like you know uh brian fest coachella whatever the fuck right and so he's used to like oh man i've been in plenty of mosh pits or whatever i'm like nah you haven't dog like you you know you know (laughs) you've you've been you've been listening to bass nectar and like hanging out you know what i mean like you've been doing a bunch of drugs like you haven't been he's like oh no i'd love to go to like one of your mosh pits and i was like i never want to see you do that like ever you know what i mean for your own for your own safety (laughs) because like you already know how it is you know like say for example like a family member comes or you know like somebody from work or whatever and they're not used to it and like they accidentally get hit or they get pushed and then like they're the ones that are the assholes even though they think that they're not they're like oh i was this but it's like dude you just have to be it's it's a really like and i hate i hate to say that it's so inclusive because it really isn't like anybody could be a part of it but it's like from the outside looking in in the beginning you know you either are a part of it or you're not you know what i mean yeah yes it's very well it's very welcoming it is very welcoming but you have to accept that like this is a this is how it is. There is nothing, you know, this is not going to change for you and you have to adapt with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things too, where it's like, it's welcoming, but it's you that just cause it's welcoming doesn't mean you don't have to pay your fucking dues. And there's like, there's something to that, you know, like I grew up in New Hampshire. And so like, obviously the scene there for like, you know, heavy beat down hardcore, like wasn't, big but you know it was an hour north of boston so going to shows in revere to see like you know since the flood and black my heart and fucking you know blood for blood and all that shit um you like you kind of i was the outsider because i wasn't a local kid i wasn't a boston kid um and you go to a death before dishonor show in brockton and it's like i'm just trying to survive here like i'm I'm, you know and and people don't really know you uh and you might catch a couple extra ones but at the end of the day, if you keep showing up and people start recognizing you as like showing up and like you actually want to be there, um, you start to 
kind of garner that respect. It's very similar to powerlifting. Like people say it's accepting and and it is to a point, but it's like to get like a real like high level of respect, like you have to keep showing up for a while. I think the violence at shows, um, you know, for heavy bands is kind of like almost protecting the scene where it's like, you have to prove that you're willing to be here and experience this to like show that you care about this enough that you're willing to fight for it is how I've always felt about it. Well, it's like, um, you know, I've had, and unfortunately like it's, it's, I don't, we don't really have a heavy scene like in Valdosta. It's very different, you know, and I've totally, am cool with that, but it's like, not, it's not my scene personally, but it's like in a lot of heavy scenes, um, the local bands that get bigger, are usually the kids that were in the front prior to that. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. the the bands that get bigger faster were the ones that they get they get a following because they were the ones that were part of the following previously. You know what I mean? Like the kid that was moshing for like all five bands on a five band bill for like two years straight, his first band show probably is gonna pop off because there, he was supported so many other people in turn they're going to see that they're going to support him and or her and vice versa you know what i mean like yeah that's a really good point because people see that and they're like oh this little you know like this young kid who's been going to shows for however many years like and you know spin kicking everyone's fucking head off to whoever's playing like people do respect i never like put like you know, and now I'm sitting back, like thinking of like the bands that kind of like popped off right off rip. Uh, when I was going to shows when I was younger, it's like, yeah, it was always the kids that were like the hang around kids at, at the venues that would be at every fucking show supporting every fucking band. And then when they start a band, as long as it's halfway decent, like everyone goes bananas. Um, I go ahead. No, I was saying like, uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I do think that like, uh, there is something to uh, like a local scene that unless you've been a part of it, it's hard to explain to people. But um, can you kind of like, do you think you'd be able to articulate like what the like hardcore, like it's so blended now, you know, it, it's like, I'm a little old, I'm 36. So it's like, it's, it is so blended now where it's like even hardcore bands have like almost like a new metal influence to parts of their shit. And like, so it's very different. It was much more segmented when I was younger. Um, But can you kind of like put into words, like what, if someone was like, what is hardcore? What is the scene? Could you explain that to someone who like, maybe the heaviest thing they've listened to is like five finger death punch and like Metallica. How would you explain it? The the easiest way to put it is, um, yeah, I know like hardcore is a style of music, but metal, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that one and two are the same, but it's, it's always, at least for me, like how I've kind of, um, partook in it and, you know, this kind of related to it is the simple fact of like, there's, there's always going to be the, the underground, the blue collar, the, you know, kind of the dirtier side of what a lot of people are listening to. So for example, like the metal and hardcore scene is the dirtier side of that five finger death punch event sevenfold type stuff. And what's funny though, is event sevenfold, you know, like years and years and years ago, we're a part of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, dude, honestly, honest to God, they were the shit, you know? And yes. unholy confessions is still slaps. Dude. Oh yeah. I don't care. <laughs> but like, you know, um, and I was like, actually I was talking to my business partner about it. I was like, you know, dude, like the stuff that we do, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to be a stadium full of like 60,000 people. 
You know what I mean? Like the tickets need to be cheap because the people that can't afford those four to five hundred tickets, they want to be there. Like, you know, this is usually like a five to potentially twenty dollar show. It's going to be five or six bands. It's never going to be something that's going to. I mean, yeah, it's a festival, whatever. But it's like half these damn fests nowadays are awful, anyways. Like, it's it's, it's hilarious. But um, it's to to like kind of say like what makes it unique, what makes it special is like it's a breeding ground for creativity, but it's also like a reflection of what this whatever generation is playing like if they if these if there's kids in these 20s like they're 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 15 years like withheld from like the early 2000s metalcore like you know like the whole like early 2000s metalcore revival that a lot of these bands are doing right now they're that those bands like have the ability to almost graduate high school again with how old they are you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah. and but so like these people that are doing it, it's like they feel like it's something new but it's like for say somebody like you or me it's like dude i heard local bands that played that a long time ago and like nobody gave a shit but it, right. it's unique you know everything comes in cycles you know it's the same thing with fashion same thing with music but it's like the hardcore thing stays the same because it's about a mindset it's not about honestly it's not about the music that's playing because if what what we what a lot of people call hardcore now is not what people called hardcore you know 15 years ago Dude, you know even I mean? five, five five years, years ago, ago man like it's like if 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 knocked loose put out their last record like in 2010 everyone would call it a new metal record or a it's like a metalcore record you know they yeah like it's definitely they wouldn't call them a hardcore band like at yeah. all but you see the thing about them and a lot of other bands it's always it's always been the mentality it's been the mindset like kublai on you know, knock loose. Like, I mean, hell, have to be, almost all the bands on that tour. Like, they, it's all been the mindset. Like, you know, knock loose has always been they're from Oldham County. You know, and like Kublai has always been like they're from Texas. Like, they've never, you know, they're from Sherman, Texas. Like, you hear the speech the whole time. But it's like a lot of bands. Like, they've always never like kind of strayed from the roots of where they've came from. Like, there are some that do, but then obviously those those that do stray from that, they're either appealing to a different crowd, and that other crowd kind of stops, which we've seen it you know plenty of times. There's some that stray from their roots, and honestly, can become a completely different band. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's you got to be representative of where you came from because like it shows the authenticity of what you're doing. Yeah, you know, it's real it's very interesting too when it comes to the genre stuff because I think like the just the term hardcore, right? Like has it's such a large umbrella and I think it's be- because of the mindset. Like hip hop is hip hop, right? There's lots of different kinds, but you're not going to put like, you know, if you put on like a early um, you know, like Mob Deep record right and then you put on like a more recent like a 21 savage type thing like you listen to them and you go oh this is the same genre of music but by a different you know on the other side of things it's like if you put on uh outbreak or ceremony and then you listen to your band second death you're like these are two fucking totally different things right but they all kind of land under that same umbrella um and i do think it is like that that mindset there's sort of like uh with us or against us type shit mm-hmm. and all those like cliche sayings you know like st- you know friends family forever and and all this stuff and like stand with your homies and all that stuff but i can say and obviously you have like a grown up job you're not a 17 year old kid like so i'd love to hear your thoughts on this like a lot of my moral compass in my adult life has been 
really uh, sort of structured around two things, and it's fucking playing ice hockey in the Northeast and being into hardcore my whole life, being introduced to it when I was fucking twelve years old. Well, I mean, it's like it's you're, I mean, dude, you're you're literally hitting the nail on the head, man. Like, um, this this scene, and some people are out of it. But they'll always like I have a lot of respect for some people that are I don't want to name any names or whatever. There's some people that have bit that were a super part of it. You know, they had like crews and all this other stuff, right? And they got out of it, right? But yep. it shaped them for who they are now and they carry the things that they did back, you know, for those twelve, fifteen years with them in their adult life in other areas. Like for me, like dude, I and I still do, but it's like, you know, for 10, 12 years I was touring all over the US and other countries and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I can, re- it, it also like when you're doing something like this and you see a bunch of shows and you go a bunch of local scenes, like you start to have to have to have the ability to have a conversation with anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. not everybody is from the same 10 minute, you know, hometown that you are. And not everybody comes from the same walk of life that you are. There's some people that go to these shows where like, they're all dressed the same as what everybody else is. But that person is like, the son of, you know, a multimillionaire or whatever, and you never know the difference, right? Versus the yeah. person who came to that show with the last five dollars that they had, you know, just to see this band for the thirty minutes and then they're gonna go back to sleeping at the shelter. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. they're all there for the same reason. And so it's like it causes you to really open your eyes and like the unfortunate thing is is, you know, eighty probably I was I mean, I'm gonna say it like this, eighty percent of the people that live in, that work a nine to five, no matter if they're in the scene or not, will never leave the state that they're in, or at least yeah. never will leave within four, like four states where they're in. You know, they won't travel four hours somewhere, let alone go to another country, let alone you know whatever, right? So it's like their view of the world is very skewed compared to like people that have had the you know the fortunate thing to travel. But on the flip side, like you know, touring gave me the ability not only to like play my music, have a bunch of shows and all that, but it gave me the ability to kind of understand other people. And I can translate that into like my profession now because like I'll talk to like a doc in um let's just say uh, actually yeah I, I I signed a guy up in um you know, for what we do, he has a clinic in Southfield, Michigan and in Warren, Michigan. I was like, oh man, Warren, Michigan. Like that's a place that, uh, there's a venue there called Hard Rock Cafe. It used to be the Ritz. It's off of eight mile. He was like, oh, wow, you, you know the place you're talking about. Yeah. Because I've been there like a hundred times, you know, and it's right. like, but anywhere, like it, he always thinks it's really funny. He was like, dude, you could have it. You, like, you could act like you're from anywhere because, and I was like, yeah, because I've had the fortunate thing to, you know, to be at those places. And it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't, you know, use, you know I mean? When you put like on a resume, I can be like, yeah, man, I've traveled and sold merch or whatever, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, when I, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but when it comes <laughs> to like what you actually do, it's, you know, if it wasn't for like, honestly, I don't think I ever developed a work ethic until I started like playing in bands and touring. Like, I didn't think I had a work, work ethic before I would go to a job and kind of do the bare minimum. But it's like, if you do the bare minimum as a band, if you do the bare minimum on tour, you do the bare minimum, you know, most shit, it's like, you're going to get the bare minimum. You know, you go to the gym and you do the bare minimum. What are you going to get? Not a damn thing. Nothing. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. It's really interesting too hearing you say that because like once you figure out something that you're kind of get a little woo woo with it here, but once you figure out something that you're passionate about, like, yeah, it's work. Like, yeah, dude, like lugging all your shit in and your fucking half cabin to the fucking venue and, you know, sleeping in vans and all this shit is like not always the funnest, but you're getting to do it for something that you're very passionate about and that you love. So that like, 
work for what you want type of thing. If you apply that to anything, it's going to work. So, um, and, and those like small, I don't really like saying sacrifices because you're fucking choosing to do it, but those inconveniences of saying like, well, fuck, like this venue said they were going to give us a hundred bucks. They gave us 50. We're kind of fucked a little bit here. Like, um, but you get to be on tour with your boys playing music that you're passionate about. Like, it's better than working at Best Buy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people don't really understand like the risk that that takes. And, and also like creatively, like putting yourself out there and saying like, this is something that I created and now everyone experience it and judge me on it because that's what you're doing. When you say like, Oh, we got a new single, we got a new record, we got a new, t-shirt we got a new fucking video like whatever um new content you're putting it out there and saying like hey i did this i'm proud of it i think it's fucking dope what do you guys think and that takes a certain level of balls to do that which probably has carried over to your professional life as well yeah i mean that's absolutely like the thing i mean uh, truthfully like you know as a band or anybody that creates any sort of like content whether it's music or um, you know, any sort of like, you know, internet personality influencer, you know, if you create films, you, you do, I mean, hell, you know, you have your, I think you get, you have your own like fitness uh, training program, right? Like, you know, there's a lot Correct. of other, there's a lot of other like coaches that do that to, well, as well. Right. It's like when you put that type of stuff out, you know, that you, you are eventually going to face some sort of not really criticism in a negative, well, it could be a negative way. It could be a positive way, whatever, but it's like you you, you put, when you put that art out, when you put that baby out there, it's going to be judged immediately. You know what I mean? So you have to be yeah. ready for that. And if you're not, then it's like you never should have created that in the first place. Because the second you put yourself out there, what's going to happen? It's like you you know something's going to come back to you. So like it, right. it, it definitely prepares you for that. And so it's like um, for me, you know, when – you know, this is it, – it, it's funny like uh, the, the older I get, um, the more I – the more I really realize like – and yeah, yeah, I mean not everybody has the pleasure of saying this, but – the older I get, the more that I realize, like, I know maybe if a certain key group of people in the industry like my music, then maybe I can get ahead faster. But if I stopped caring less and less about that, more of like, did I feel like I put out my best work? Because if I feel like I put out my best work, then that's all that matters to me. Yeah. And that's sort of like, dude, that's like the basis of like the whole trigger warning, stay hated thing is like doing what you think is sick and fuck what anybody thinks anyway. Um, and being genuine and authentic like that because people see through that shit too. Cause like, dude, you know, and I don't like, bro, like how many bands tried to sound like as they lay dying in fucking 2004 or five, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, it wasn't genuine. It wasn't sick. Like it was total bullshit. They were trying to like ride this wave. Um, but then you have bands like fucking, uh, you know, terror or whatever that have literally never fucking changed. They've always done what they've wanted. They've always put out shit that like, obviously they fuck with and they're authentic about it. So then the result of that is people can see that they vibe with that. And if you do something that you're proud of, like what other people uh, think of it shouldn't really matter. Uh, and it makes it, you know, it doesn't matter. Cause you're like, well, I put my everything into this and fucking, Everybody else can kiss my ass, basically, if they don't like it. <coughs> Absolutely. Um, have you had uh, like so? So you you said you've gotten to travel quite a bit. Like, uh, w- is that like with Second Death, or were you in any other like bands that got yeah, so, to kind of see the world? Yeah. So like, um, 
it, it's funny and like my views have changed since then a little bit not too much but it's like and i'm staying out of out of the topic a little bit but it's like so before second death we were a band called bore the never ending for uh like five six years and probably maybe longer i don't know um you know like started out in south georgia same thing um you know we did the and like i hate to say it like this because it was honestly a great time in my life but i'll keep it very short but we were like part of the whole like christian metalcore scene right and okay. you know that scene spawned some of the best fucking bands dude jesus christ yes incredible seriously but what's funny seriously. is you know 90 percent of them aren't in christian bands anymore and uh truth be told you know same thing with us and it's not even because of the whole faith thing it's because i hated the label and you know when i was super young i liked being a part of that label because i felt like i belonged to something and i, I mean honestly i you know just as i got older and i started touring with some of those bands that i thought were really cool and i realized like damn you as people are kind of shit so I was like, well, let me <laughs> let me not have this label anymore i could do i could do whatever i do personally but let me not label my band and my work as something that is affiliated with this when i truthfully don't want to be affiliated with it. and i'll leave it at that but sure. you know those times you know like the cornerstone festivals and all their stuff like dude that was like so sick but um, between that and then like second death, like I've, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, pretty much like it's North America. I've been there, you know, which is cool. That's not sick. a lot of people, not a lot of people get a chance to say that now it's like, we've not really hit a stride at all. Like honestly, COVID kind of put us under, you know, put us under a little bit, which is fine. You know I mean? I've actually, you know, during COVID, I got the chance to focus on myself for once in 15 years. And so like getting two years to focus on yourself and build, you know, having all of our members to have a chance to build on themselves a little bit is very healthy because like, you, you see it all the time, dude. Like a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I'm going to quit this band because I got to focus on this. It's, you know, it's pathetic. I, I, you know, guys don't be in a band because it'll break you money wise. And it's like, well, it doesn't have to be like that. You know what I mean? It doesn't <laughs> have to. It, you could, you could, you know, if, if you, if you focused on yourself for just a little bit and you didn't just tour nonstop, maybe you wouldn't be in the situation like you know i mean dude the homeboy from the ghost inside said a long time ago he was still sleeping on couches and they and they were like in the returners era they were still yeah tall, you know what i mean so it's yeah. like you know this this art is underappreciated still when it comes like monetarily compared to anything else but at the same time it's like if you still do it and you love it that's fine but it's like there also comes with a sacrifice and truthfully and this is getting outside of the music thing but not a single person owes you a damn thing because of that do you know what I mean? Like when somebody's right. like, oh, well, you know, I sacrificed all this to tour. You guys should should what? You know, right. you you made that decision. Why should I feel like I need to hold you in a higher regard because you decided to do something? And yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that would be that would be me going out to the going out to like the street corner and being like, hey, guys, because I toured for all this time and I don't have any money anymore. This is why you should listen. It's like, I don't care. You know, they, the <laughs> general populace doesn't care. And that's like one thing that I love now is I don't have to care about the general populace and also vice versa. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's funny. Like some people are like, oh man, I wish my family recognized that, you know, what I do. It's like, uh, why? If they're not a part of it, you know, don't, yeah. force, don't force it on them either. Like you really think some of these kids, parents want to listen to this shit? God, no, dude. Fuck no. <laughs> my, my kid, dude, my kid hates our fucking music and I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Nine. Why would a nine-year-old yeah. listen to this shit? He's not angry yet. You know, maybe when he's like thirteen or fourteen, things will change. But right now, yeah, I don't. I don't blame him. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's only the people who are like within it that matters, and it's it's funny because uh, it's it's so funny how like relatable this shit is, like inside and outside of like the scene and creating and and, and all this stuff. And 
Uh, I remember I got a bunch of shit online for a squat that got passed at this meet that was obviously high, but a bunch of people got really shitty about it. And um, Dave Hoff, like, you know, I, I don't know how much follows the best powerlifter to ever walk the face of the fucking planet. He, uh, he said to me, he's like, listen, dude, like the only people's opinion that should matter is like you and then your training partners, like as far as you're lifting, like that's the only people's that yeah, fucking matter. Some fu- shit on Instagram or somewhere else said is literally <laughs> none of your con- none of your concern. Like, if right? They, yeah. If they took the time to have their account and comment on what you did, then you won. Yeah, yeah they're they're a fan. That's I'm big on that. It's like cool. Like you're obviously a fan. You're checking me out. That's great. Do you guys get like? Uh, have you had like some bullshit with like? I don't, dude, I'm so removed from like. Uh, I'm in a band, but it's like a remote thing, like yeah. whatever. But um, I'm so removed from like being in in the scene. Like, like, do you guys have to deal with like shitty internet drama, beef crap? Does I mean, that like happen? Truthfully, still? no. Like me personally, no, because a lot of the, like you know, as like so, I'm 33. Our drummer's thir- or I turn 33 tomorrow. So our drummer's thir- our drummer's 33. Um, Jeremy, our guitarist, he's the younger one. He's in his 20s, and uh, our vocalist is 35. So like, we're too old to really care. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yes. like, if somebody's like, yes. "Oh man, this dude at this show said this," I'm like, "That's nice." You know, end of story. Like, I'm not going to blow it out of proportion. And, like, the only time that I would ever, like, anything ever steps in was it involves people that, like, I know on a personal level. You know, if somebody was like, hey, man, this person said this about this person, he did that. I'm like, okay, well, now I got to look into it. But if it's some complete random fucking person, I just don't look into it because I don't know that person. I don't know who this is. And, you know, therefore, I can't comment on something if I don't know anything about it. Like, I don't pretend to know everybody i don't pretend to know yeah. thing. you know and there's a lot of people that do they want that attention and i don't want yeah. that attention <laughs> yeah keep it to like creating music that you enjoy playing shows having fun and it's really that simple because if you focus on like what you're about then like the outside noise doesn't really matter um you know something that i wanted to ask you like kind of switching gears a little bit was like what's the uh What's the creative process like for Second Death? Like who writes? Like how do you, do you guys get in a room? Like um, you said you're kind of spread out a little bit. Like do you, how do you guys attack like the writing process? And um, as far as like creatively, like where do you draw your influences from? So I'm really the worst person to ask this question because I'm the least creative out of all of them. Uh, <laughs> in, like I handle more like the business logistical side behind everything. Like, Hey, we need sure. to do this. I'll print it out. You know what I mean? But it's when it comes to like the music part, man, I'm unfortunately the least musician of all the musicians in my band, but uh, <laughs> like jo- um, Jeremy, our guitarist and Josh, our vocalist, like Josh, he was like an every man. He's done guitar, bass, vocals, drums, whatever. Right. So like they both have like the creative genes within them to just create. And Gio, Gio's kind of like me, but Gio's also like a machine, our drummer. Like you tell him to do something and he will do it until he gets it right. You know, he, sure. he's just gifted like that. And so like um, Josh and Josh and Jeremy, they'll like, they'll kind of like put their heads together and start the writing process. We've actually given Jeremy a lot of the writing process now, uh, especially for this new record that we recorded. He wrote 
like 80, 85% of it because I wanted him to. Like, he's the youngest in the band. He's the only guitar player now. Their guitar player left. And before, he was in our band for like two years and he really didn't write much in their band. So I was like, you know what? Let's, you know, let's go ahead. And, you know, since we're kind of going into a newer, you know, a newer era of our band, I was like, why not give him the reins? And he'd be like, hey, let's see what this can do for the good or for the, you know, or for the good or for the bad. Like, I really didn't care. I wanted, you know, it's, it's an identity. It's an expression. It's like, if I don't let, you know, my band members express themselves and it's like, it's not really a, a creative project, you know what I mean? So. Sure. Um, yeah. That's such a cool way to look at it too. And like non ego, like it's like yeah, giving, like kind of handing the reins to someone and saying like, steer the fucking ship, bro. Like, what are you going to create here? Yeah. Um, and obviously like he responded well to that. Like, how is all that going? I mean, like, uh, I, I, we played a couple of new songs live on the last tour and it did like the reception was pretty well. Um, it's obviously like a little different. So like when it comes to like influences, like, so like Jeremy being a younger kid, he's been influenced by new, more, you know, newer bands. He's always been kind of like the genty, like Meshuga air, like Meshuga, like yep. you know, Northline type stuff. And like, I come from the, just, you know, like the, when I was in high school, it was like, you, you had um you know i was i was listening so like my my spectrum was like super super into hip-hop and at the same time it was like shattered realm e-town concrete and then (laughs) i was a big fan of like all of the all of anybody that wore eyeliner i was fucking with afi atreyu fucking (laughs) ben sevenfold honest to god my favorite band of that era though was it dies today dude kative choir that record bro that is so so underrated the breakdowns and the like um the patterns like the strumming patterns are fucking ridiculous that first track i still can't i promise it's uh it's all that off the shit bro i can't tap the fucking breakdown i still can't hum the breakdown i have have a buddy who will like he'll play it with his hands like fucking around and it fucks me up i still can't do it it's still like mind-blowing and sick as fuck um that that was it's funny anybody that wore mascara like you start listening to bands i'm like yep i was into that band yep i was into the band. it, it, yeah, it was like weird though because uh i felt like i've said this to my my wife and she makes fun of me for it but there was definitely a time where i was like i don't listen to that shit but i like meanwhile i'm like jamming haste the day quietly in my car not yeah. telling anybody you know well, well, cause, <laughs> cause, so like for me fortunately like a lot of other people were into it when i went to high school in new jersey before i moved down before i moved to georgia so like every, i mean pretty much dude like the second all that stuff started dropping it's like paint your nails black you were trying to wear eyeliner most people couldn't do it right you had like these shitty hot topic jeans and all that dude <laughs> and i jumped straight into that right and then it went from that and like i said i was listening to like shadow around other stuff it went that to like you know the whole like wiggercore thing where like everybody was wearing like puffer jackets flat bills you know oh, the fattest style the fattest shoes ever like dude but you see that was that was the shit man like it it was <laughs> it, it definitely like it the the bands were were almost like you were replicating the style of the bands that you were listening to, man. And like, I, I was, I was very much like that. Like, dude, it was like the lip gloss and black era Trey stuff, like to like immediately <laughs> yeah. wearing like a basketball Jersey and fucking yeah, listening you know. to first. Black. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I ne- so I never actually, I never wore a cadet hat, but I did. No have, way. I, I never you, wore dude. a cadet hat. There are a lot of people did. I, I never wore, but I did have, I did have a pair of like, I did have a pair of fucking camo shorts and like the three stripe, like Sambos or whatever. Like, bro, I still have. I do. I make the joke all the time that like, 
you know, like my profession, obviously I own a gym and, and whatever. It's like, I literally have been dressing the same. Like I never let go of like the sense like, of flood era stuff. Yeah, exactly. I never, I, yeah. Yeah, I never, I never let go of represent or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. because uh, it's like, it's like mesh shorts, new balance shoes and a t-shirt and a backpack. Like it's like, uh, maybe with like a backwards fitted hat or whatever. Yep. Um, it's funny how that, and it all kind of goes like cyclical. It's cool now though. Like one of the, the fucking sickest things about the, the music scene now and, and heavy music in general is like the mixing of all of this shit, I think is so fucking cool. Yeah, and it, I know it, just sucks that it took like years to grow up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. so back in the day, you know, like a band like Terror wouldn't tour with like a Trayu, right? But it's now right, like you got you got like that fucking Traders tour with like uh what's this, what's their face um See You Space Cowboy on it, and I'm like, all right, this is cool. They're you know really blending, and then you have the damn Kublai Khan and Not Loose tour has Movements and Koyo on it, and I'm like, you see, why didn't we do this 15 years ago? And we're like, oh, we're <laughs> yeah. friends with those bands, we won't tour together, you know. And I know there Mixed was like, genre. And I know, like, Mrs. Honor shows sometimes are buffs. Okay, I get that. But a lot of times they never were, you know? And usually that's where right. people discover the the other side. Like, all those fucking old school tours, like the Sumerian All-Stars and, like, the damn oh, fuck, uh, yeah. Stream It Like You Mean It and all the other shit, dude. Like, Is, it, is anyone up? Uh, oh, it, Jesus. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like a bunch of, it's like Murder, Death, Kill was touring. Yeah, with like, it was like uh, MDK and Molotov Solution. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. There's definitely like the mixed genre, and you look at bands that are able to like cross, like uh, cross those lines, like a band like Code Orange, or um, you know, even like uh, what the fuck is Hundredth? Like they're like a metalcore, like a hardcore band, metalcore band, and then all of a sudden they put out like a shoegaze record, and then all of a sudden they put out like a straight up like electronic record. Yeah, and to me, I'm sure there are people like. There's somebody listening with like you know the lock and key uh, tattooed on them where they're like, oh, like yeah, keys and they're yeah, like they, fuck that band yeah. <laughs> yeah they have a, yeah they have a Bane shirt on and they're screaming at the sky right now but I think that shit is so fucking cool because um, and you probably get this as like someone who creates music and has been around for a long time like how long are you gonna play the exact same shit before you're like fuck this like you know I, it's not their job to create the same record for the fans every fucking time it's their job to create music that they enjoy and hopefully people vibe with it um <clears throat> what's the what's the plan for the future with second death like what do you guys have in the mix so, like what's going on yeah so right now we recorded a record last may called born with it we've had a little bit of a time getting it finished um but eventually like you do yeah, yeah. but eventually <laughs> uh that's the plan is we're going to drop that uh, we're we're playing this fest called Orafest next next month with like Lorna Shore and Impending Doom and uh, remembering never was supposed to was supposed to play it they uh oh, they had dropped the band had uh, some health issues they got to deal with which is totally fine but like uh it's like Evergreen Terrace so it's like you know it's, you know what yeah it's That's like sick. it's like a metal and hardcore festival down there which is gonna be really cool in Savannah and then um got a couple shows in July but it's like we're not um so like we're just kind of wanted to get the record completely done and then obviously tour around the record and, you know, hopefully, you know, figure that out. It's like, we've been a band that people have always said all the time, like, Oh man, I wish you guys like were signed or like, I wish you guys did this. And it's like, yeah, me too. But at the same time, like, I don't really hold that to anybody other than, you know, it's kind of like where the, where things fall. Like if I kept, since I'm older, like, you know, if I was like in my twenties, I'd probably feel like this. And I, I used to, you know, I used to like look what other people were doing and, 
get upset because maybe I'm not there or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's almost like a, it's kind of like the same thing in fitness. Like, um, cause I, I just started taking care of myself fitness wise, like eight months ago. Um, okay, cool. and you know, it's the same thing in fitness. So like, if you look at where somebody else is at in their journey and you're not looking at yourself, you're already fucking up. Yeah. You know? Cause if you're like sitting there and you're like, man, I want to lose 40 pounds and I want to be able to bench two, I want to be able to bench 215. Okay. Well, if you're staring at the guy doing three, like that's benching 215 and you're like getting upset about it, then you're already fucking up. Yeah. You know? because yeah. That's, that's huge. <laughs> unless you're studying the form, there's literally no reason why you got to keep looking at that guy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, that's very true. And we see it a lot, like in my industry where it's like, bro, like put the fucking blinders on. Like you can look to other people for maybe like, I don't, I don't know, inspiration or making sure, you know, maybe you're looking towards someone who's stronger than you or in better shape than you to like learn from them. But if you're like a, just a hating ass bitch, like you're yeah. wasting your fucking time. Dude, so that, <laughs> it's a waste of energy. And also it's just a, a situation where like literally nothing can come from that. There's nothing that comes from that. That's good. There's nothing that like, you know, the grass is always greener bullshit like that. There's nothing that can happen with that, you know? And so you might as well just focus on yourself. Um, well, I kind of ask like different questions at the end of each show. Um, I used to do the same question all the time, but uh, I'd like to mix it up. Like, so, uh, you, you know, you've been in the industry for a while, man. Like you've been doing this for a minute. Like, what would you tell, you know, if there's a, if there's like a 17 year old kid listening right now and he plays music, like what's like a piece of advice you would give them like moving forward? If you know, whatever it might be, like what would Absolutely. you tell someone Dude, starting I, off? I've got like, like two golden nuggets. The one, one of them is almost like a weary thing, but just to be honest, if you're wanting to like say, I want to take this professionally, First and foremost, if you really want to do that, you have to always know that anytime you try to dedicate more time to something, especially as you get older, like in your teenage years, you really don't have much going on. But as you get older and like you have jobs and you have maybe a kid or maybe you have a relationship, the more time that you spend doing a certain activity, the less time you have a chance to spend doing other activities and being able to be responsible for other things and being a, you know, a, a, growing, a growing man or a growing woman, the more you want to dedicate to something, you have to take away from something else. So just make sure that the more time you're dedicating to the band, that you're willing to take away from something else. Because if not, then neither thing is going to be going well for you. So kind of like make sure that that pie chart adds up or else it's going to be, you're going to be miserable while you're in the band and in your personal life because the one thing that i have to stress is there are two very separate lives that you lead when you're playing music it's like hey i'm touring and i'm all that but then when you get home because you no no band no band tours all the time and what's funny is bands tour less now because of that so it's like make sure that you're happy at home before you go out on the road because when you get back home what happens you know what I mean? Right. Like, and yeah. I hate to hear like, oh man, I'm miserable after tour. You can be miserable because you don't get to see your friends, but it's like, if you're miserable in life, that's not healthy. Right. So, and yeah. focus, you know, so make sure of that. And then like the second thing is, you know, learn to, especially kind of like what I was saying earlier is, especially like, if you're like, man, I want to tour, I want to get bigger, I want to get signed, I want to go on labels, I want to do all this. Like I said before, don't, you can look at other people's success and what they're doing. Don't try to emulate it because it's not going to work for you. But the second thing is, is damn sure don't let that discourage you from what you're trying to do. Because I've I've, to I've toured with bands that we took out on their first tour 
that are bigger than us now. And it's, it's happened multiple times. We, we joke like we're the good luck Chuck sometimes of the, you know, of the scene, but at the same time, dude, it's, it's, it's a good thing because my friends got to eat faster than I did, which is okay. But it, yeah, it, that's sick. it, it, it takes, you know, it takes some soul searching to kind of realize like, that's a good thing for them. And you should be happy for it and not look at it like, well, why not me? Because if you have that pick me ass attitude, you're already losing. Yeah, sick, dude. Yeah, those are all very good fucking golden nuggets. I love it. Um, well, shit, dude, thank you so much for spending the time. I, I really appreciate it. you want to give out social media and all that stuff for people to follow? Yeah, yeah, dude. So, um, you know, obviously Facebook, you just find it on uh, – you could just find us, you know, just type in Second Death. We're going to be on there. Um in terms of an Instagram, we just have Second Death as an Instagram. It's pretty easy. Uh, Twitter is so Jeremy's the only one that runs our Twitter because he's a young guy that runs the Twitter. So I have none of the rest of us don't have anything to do with it, and he makes it fucking weird and funny. And there's a bunch of <laughs> random shit on there, so it's never always about the band. And it's honestly a good thing because there's some personality to it. Some people are like, oh well, why is he, why is he resharing somebody's boobs? And it's like because it's funny. I don't fucking care. And uh, <laughs> Second Death two two nine is the Twitter handle, and it's like just. If you want to, you know, pay attention to it, go ahead. If not, that's fine with me too. Cool. Do they, uh, do you guys have like uh, merch and all that stuff linked through the Instagram? Yeah, everything, everything's up there. We usually try to, you know, I mean, uh, which is actually kind of funny. Um, before I would like do the whole, like, Hey, order the, order the shirts. I'll wrap all the packages and like go down to the post office. And I finally, and it was only like 170 bucks. I finally bought a shipping label printer. The thing changed my oh, life, yes. bro. It oh, changed yes. my life. Like I, I use that and pirate ship to buy the labels, bro. And I should have done this fucking years ago, man. <laughs> years ago. Yes, that is a another a another nightmare. advice for somebody in a young ass band, bro. If you want to start shipping your own merch, buy the label printer, and it'll save you so much time. And <laughs> yeah. time is more important than money when it comes to it. <laughs> fucking right well thanks again man i really appreciate you coming on um i know you're a busy guy and everything so i appreciate the time uh that's all we got for today guys make sure you follow my personal page anthony cw13 and the trigger warning page trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate and then also the new gym page anchor athletics nh we got a bunch of cool shit coming up there that's what we got for today guys thanks again for listening to the twc stay hated podcast and as always stay hated motherfuckers